Back to Basics, Mass Casualty Incidents by Lisa Spruce. Abstract. Terrorist attacks, mass shootings, violent crimes, and other disasters may leave those affected feeling afraid and overwhelmed with emotion. It has been more than 17 years since the attacks on the World Trade Center in New York City killed almost 3,000 people. Since that time, the world has experienced a profuse number of mass casualty events. They are becoming commonplace and a risk that everyone recognizes as part of daily life. When disasters occur, healthcare providers may be required to mobilize and should be prepared for anything. Regardless of the size of the facility or the trauma level designation, perioperative nurses need to be aware of how they may be affected by traumatic events. This Back to Basics article reviews some significant mass casualty incidents and explores strategies for perioperative staff members to execute a successful response. A 2003 study by Cushman and others examined the surgical response to the terror attacks in New York City that occurred on September 11, 2001. They reported that among four New York hospitals, approximately 2,000 patients were seen and 189 patients were admitted immediately after the incident. The researchers identified the mechanisms of injury and discussed the idea of sending healthcare teams to the disaster site. The researchers stated that the patient injuries from this incident were similar in nature to those occurring as a result of exposure to higher-energy explosives, which usually kill most victims or leave them critically injured. They also found that even though hospitals may want to dispatch healthcare teams to the disaster site, this is not recommended. Doing so can pose a danger to staff members, and the value to the first responders and victims is minimal, because usually only minor first aid is administered. These researchers recommended that any team sent to the site of a major disaster need to receive advanced training, coordinate with the first responder teams, and be equipped with personal protective gear so they do not become victims themselves. Communities should have plans in place that include designated facilities with experienced personnel who are trained to manage critically ill and injured patients. These facilities should employ personnel with expertise in trauma care who can be available to triage patients and manage mass casualty situations. There have been at least 10 mass shootings in the United States in the last few years. Mass shootings have become commonplace in today's culture and can happen anywhere, even in hospitals. In January 2015, a gunman shot and killed a surgeon at the Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts. The surgeon had operated on the gunman's mother several years earlier, and the patient had recovered well after that procedure. However, she had several comorbidities and experienced several health setbacks. In the fall of 2014, one of these exacerbations of her chronic conditions had required hospitalization at a facility closer to her home, and she did not survive. Thinking that his mother's death was related to previous care by the cardiac surgeon at Brigham and Women's Hospital, the gunman went there and asked to speak to the surgeon. The surgeon arrived to speak to the man, and after an approximately 20-minute discussion, the gunman shot the surgeon twice before turning the gun on himself. Although this attack did not occur in a perioperative area, OR teams need to prepare themselves for the unexpected and the unthinkable, because it can and does happen.
How-To Guide Mass casualty event planning and management will vary depending on the size of the facility and resources available. Therefore, a one-size-fits-all approach will not suffice. There is a wealth of training resources for providers, some of which are included in the resource list accompanying this article. As mass casualties have occurred and gained national and international attention, many lessons have been learned from the communities and facilities that have experienced them. These lessons include knowledge about the importance of preparedness and training, resource planning, the need for experienced personnel coordinating incident command, strong interdisciplinary communication, triage, and efficient transitions of care. In a 2017 Medscape report, Dr. Charles Hunley, Medical Director of the Intensive Care Unit at Orlando Regional Medical Center, Florida, recounted the aftermath of the Pulse nightclub shooting that took place in Orlando in 2016. The medical center is located two and a half blocks from the nightclub. The hospital trauma bay holds five patients, and within minutes of the nightclub shooting, there were 25 patients in the emergency room. This type of situation emphasizes the importance of triaging patients to determine the order of care. The leaders at this facility immediately called a mass casualty incident and mobilized team members, but the hospital still was overwhelmed because of lack of resources. The hospital ran out of chest tubes for thoracotomies because there were patients waiting for computed tomography, CT scans. The team had to use ultrasonography and diagnostic radiology as alternatives. Staff members had to place tourniquets on some patients to control bleeding temporarily until they could provide advanced care. The hospital staff members never expected to run out of some of these resources. The hospital routinely kept 300 total blood products on hand at all times, but in the first 24 hours after this incident, staff members performed 28 operations and used 411 units of blood products. In the next 24 hours, they performed an additional 58 operations. Fortunately, the hospital had stockpiled supplies in case of a disaster. This backup supply was imperative to the successful treatment of such a high number of patients within a short period of time. One of the other important lessons the Orlando Regional Medical Center personnel learned was the need for collaboration and communication among various hospital departments. To manage this incident, healthcare providers stepped in and helped where needed, and not just in their own areas. For example, the intensive care team began resuscitative efforts at the same time the surgeons, anesthesia professionals, and perioperative team members remained in the OR, and the surgical residents rotated patients in and out of the OR. Dr. Hunley emphasized that a disaster plan needs to be in place. The plan needs to identify who is going to be in charge during incident command and who is going to make decisions about staff members, the facility, and the patient surges that will take place. Planning for these types of events is important for all sizes of facilities. A surge of even 10 patients requiring critical care can overwhelm a small facility. The Boston Marathon bombing in 2013 injured 281 people who were cared for across 26 area hospitals. The majority of patients from this incident presented at the various facilities with external injuries. The mechanism of injury from the explosion was mainly fragments that penetrated the body and caused fractures, soft tissue injuries, and cutaneous wounds. 
On the day of the bombing, 12 patients underwent 14 surgeries to amputate limbs. The bombing took place in the middle of the afternoon at approximately the time of the afternoon nursing shift change, which was beneficial because additional personnel resources were available. In addition, hospital command and surgical teams were already in place because of planning and preparation for the marathon. Area hospital healthcare providers had participated in education and drills that took place on a routine basis after September 11, 2001. So teams were trained in multidisciplinary team communication, and there was a team approach instituted for every patient. There were smooth transitions among the trauma teams, orthopedic teams, emergency room personnel, and anesthesia professionals. The authors recommended that all healthcare facilities perform a gap analysis of their current disaster plans to determine areas for improvement. Preparation and training are of the utmost importance to plan for mass casualty event patients and provide them with the most favorable outcomes possible. In 2013, Asiana Airlines Flight 214 crashed short of the runway in San Francisco, California, injuring 192 people, of which 49 were seriously injured. Campion and others analyzed data about the patients injured in this crash and noted that although in many instances people do not survive an airplane crash, this crash resulted in a high number of survivors even though there was an intense ground impact. The San Francisco General Hospital and Trauma Center evaluated 63 patients, including 10 of the most critically injured. Three trauma surgeons and five emergency medicine attending physicians performed the initial patient evaluations. 36 of the 63 patients required admission or a prolonged observation period. 43 patients required radiographic imaging, and four attending radiologists were mobilized to expedite interpretation of the scans. 52 operations were performed, including nine in the first 24 hours and 15 during the initial 48 hours. These included orthopedic, major wound debridement, and emergent intracranial procedures. Five anesthesia teams were mobilized on the day of the crash. Staff members worked 370 total overtime nursing hours throughout the facility, which equaled approximately 5.9 hours per patient. The Incident Command Center was fully staffed for the first 12 hours after the incident took place. The hospital staff members began preparation to receive and care for patients before patient arrival because notification of the crash spread quickly through social media. The facility was able to erect triage tents outside the emergency department, ED, and initiate rapid discharges for patients who were being transferred out of the hospital or out of the intensive care unit. Personnel set up a dual command structure in the ED with an emergency medicine attending physician controlling initial triage and an attending trauma surgeon performing the patient workup in conjunction with the ED staff members. The researchers commented that having a senior trauma surgeon in the ED helped enhance communication and expedite patients to the next level of care. The team made a deliberate and early decision to evaluate patients using CT scans. Of the 43 patients who underwent an imaging study, 32 underwent a CT scan. The senior trauma surgeon determined who received CT scans and in what order. As hospitals plan for future incidents, it is important that personnel consider the need for a large amount of advanced imaging. Although all incidents are different, 
the authors recommended that facility leaders consider the need for blood products, rapid radiographic studies, OR availability, and strategies to manage hospital patient beds in their disaster plans. Mass casualty disaster plans should include active shooter incident planning. The Federal Bureau of Investigation defines an active shooter as an individual actively engaged in killing or attempting to kill people in a populated area, which can include a healthcare facility. There are many training resources for active shooter incidents, but the primary goal is to remove people from the immediate area to decrease the number of people who may be involved in the incident. Hiding may not be the best choice during an incident, and fleeing the area may leave vulnerable patients behind who cannot evacuate on their own. This is an important element of discussion when planning for active shooter incidents in a healthcare facility, and perioperative team members and others need guidance on how to handle these situations. There are some areas of a facility that may not be in immediate danger, but will need to go into lockdown. Facility leaders should define how they are going to lock down an area and then practice locking it down. Plain language should be used to notify the facility inhabitants of an active shooter. The announcement should convey exactly where the shooter is and give clear instructions on next steps. For example, evacuate, lockdown. Every situation is different, and each person involved will need to make the best decisions for personnel and patient safety based on his or her individual circumstances. Some resources for active shooter training are included in the resource list accompanying this article. Operating room personnel are required to provide surgical support to patients during disasters and need a plan in place that includes the following. Calling in perioperative team members to the healthcare facility during the emergency. Creating clear guidance for personnel on what they should do upon arrival to the facility, including where to report for an assignment, what tasks need to be performed, supply preparation, room cleaning, medication preparation, and other actions the facility leaders deem important. Clearly defining the role of the OR manager, because he or she may have to coordinate schedules, prioritize patients, and make assignments. Establishing a clear communication framework among all members of the perioperative team and other departments. Important information should be gathered and shared, including how many patients will be arriving at the OR from triage, prioritization for surgery, what procedure will take place, what equipment will be needed, and how many team members will be needed for each procedure. Implementing a plan for providing briefings and updates to notify team members about departmental status and other expectations. Preparing the post-anesthesia care unit to care for critical patients from the disaster who are awaiting surgery or who require extended post-operative care while awaiting transfer to another unit. There are many details that facility leaders need to address during disaster planning, and they should tailor these details to the needs of their individual facilities. In addition to ensuring a disaster plan is created and in place, perioperative team members should complete yearly education and training about the disaster plan that focuses on the role of individual perioperative team members. Educational modalities can include online education, 
But a recent survey of perioperative nurses indicates that face-to-face sessions and disaster drills are most effective. Team members should be educated about the hospital disaster plan and policy and the lines of communication that they should use. Benefit Hospital disaster teams rely heavily on perioperative team members during mass casualty events or other disasters. Having a plan in place and making sure team members are educated and trained for a disaster is important for them to be able to respond appropriately, quickly, and efficiently to protect their own lives and the lives of their patients. Strategies for Success Previous mass disasters have shown that deficient internal and external communication, lack of triage, lack of pre-hospital care, risk to medical personnel who visit the disaster site, and lack of supplies and medications are all areas of concern for hospital facilities. Leaders should plan for and address these issues in their disaster plans. An additional area of concern that has received minimal attention is the effect of a mass disaster on healthcare providers who are providing care in very stressful situations. Ozoilo and colleagues addressed some of these issues after a mass casualty event in Nigeria. During a disaster event, many providers may work for 24 to 72 hours at a time. These individuals may experience feelings of both physical and mental stress as a result of these extended high-pressure work situations. Additionally, these providers may fear for their own personal safety and the safety of their family members, and they may worry about the outcome of the crisis that is occurring. Even healthcare providers who are more accustomed to treating traumatic injuries may become distressed by the horrific injuries they witness. Disaster plans need to include contingencies to manage the acute distress and post-traumatic stress disorder that can occur among healthcare providers in situations such as these. Emotional support and counseling should be provided as needed for those who are having difficulty handling these traumatic events. Wrap-up Planning is the key to providing the care required for people who are affected by traumatic events. Facility leaders should learn from past events and use those lessons to create a disaster plan that is effective and comprehensive. Disaster plans will vary from facility to facility, but providing education for personnel is a key requirement, and all staff members must know their roles when one of these events occurs. Additionally, active shooter training should become routine so that personnel have escape strategy knowledge for themselves and others if the need arises. In today's world, it is unfortunate that mass casualty events and disasters occur so frequently, but it is necessary that healthcare facility personnel plan for them.